stumbled across uh, in preparation for two weeks ago our sermon in Malachi about repent. If you remember, two, uh, last week we talked about biblical context and how it's important to understand how the Bible fits together. Uh, and that will play out a little bit this morning in both this message and this morning's message, that uh, realizing that the Bible is written to different people at different times. Um, that sermon two weeks ago about repent, how important it is that we remember that message. And in regards to that, I had gone and looked at this passage and didn't put it in on that Sunday morning because it's its whole other sermon here, and it's pretty serious. Um, so I want to go ahead and begin to read this together so we can pick up uh, God's uh, main point, commandment that he is giving here in Ezekiel chapter 33. Okay, so Ezekiel chapter 33, if you've already made it there. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak unto the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring a sword upon the land, if the people of the land take a man of their coasts and set him for their watchman, if when he see a sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be upon him, but he that taketh the warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people not be warned, and the sword shall come and take any person away from among them, he shall take his iniquity. The blood shall be required of the watchman's hand. Verse 7. So thou, son of man... I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto, uh, unto the wicked, O thou wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak and warn the wicked of this way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but the blood shall requ be required at thy hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou, shall, thou hast delivered thy soul. Therefore, thou son of man, speak unto the house of Israel. Thus ye speak, saying, If our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away in them, how should we then live? Say unto them, As I liveth, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but, thou, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. For why will ye die, O house of Israel? Therefore, thou son of man, say unto the children of the people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. For the wickedness of the wicked, and as for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall there, thereby in the day 
that turneth that he turneth from the, his wickedness neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in the day that he sinneth when i shall say unto the righteous that he shall surely live if he trust to his own righteousness and commit iniquity all his righteousness shall not be remembered but for his iniquity that he hath committed shall uh, he shall die for it again when i say to the wicked thou shalt surely die if he turn from his sin and do that which is lawful and right if the wicked restore the pledge give again that he hath robbed and walk in the statutes of life without committing iniquity he shall surely live he shall not die none of his sins that he hath committed shall be mentioned unto him he shall uh, he hath done that which is lawful and right he shall surely live yet the children of thy people say the way of the lord is not equal but as for them their way is not equal when he when the righteous turneth from his righteousness and committeth iniquity he shall even die thereof but if the wicked shall turn from his wickedness and do the thing that is lawful and right he shall live thereby yet ye say the way of the lord is not equal o house of israel i will judge you every one after his ways now again a lot of information there but i want us to look at this and dissect it because it is a reminder of our human condition and our need for the lord and uh and then there's another interesting part that i want to remind us and then we'll be done okay uh it is a pretty hefty sermon uh and a pretty hefty message so i want us to to get some understanding so first thing we know we notice right off the bat is god is coming to judge Okay, uh, it's very clear God puts, puts in this picture that there is a sword that is coming. Okay, and beware. All right, and he says, listen, uh, if you're going to set a watchman out to watch these things, uh, ma- basically, anybody know what a watchman is? Uh, think of medieval days uh, where you would have a city and it would have a wall around it or it would have towers in it and someone would be on guard in uh, uh the wall or the tower and if they saw an enemy coming they would sound the alert that trouble is on its way okay to god this is the image that god gives us that there you put somebody on that wall and they continually st- continually stay guard to say enemy is coming well god is not saying that he is the enemy but he is promising that there is a judgment coming that there is a sword coming upon this earth he said it will come so he says, you're a watchman, you need to be aware. Now God turns it to Ezekiel and says, I've made you a watchman, Ezekiel. So he said, in the general picture, if you have a city and you want to watch it, you want to stay guard, and that guard sees the enemy coming, he blows a trumpet and says, wait, hey, warning, warning, there's judgment, it, the, the enemy's on his way. Well, he says, uh, God says, Ezekiel, I've made you the watchman for my people. He said, you have a message to deliver. There's a sword coming. And then God begins to break into his judgment on this. Now, I want to break it down slowly so that you and I can get a picture of this because he kind of 
talks about the, the two instances from both sides. He says, if you are a righteous person and you stand in your righteousness, you'll be okay. Okay, you'll live in the judgment day. Okay, if you notice that it said that again uh, in verse 13, when I say to the righteous that he surely shall live if he trusts in his own righteousness. So God says, yeah, a righteous person will make it through the judgment. But if you notice the thing that he says next, and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered. Now that's an amazing point for you and I um, and the people in this world. And again, remember, this is the message that God gave to Ezekiel to say. He said, if you can be righteous, then you're all set. The judge, you'll be, fly through the judgment without a problem. But if you commit one sin, none of your righteousness will be remembered. Now, for those of us who have trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior, we already know this story, don't we? That all it takes is one sin for all of our righteousness to be ruined. And that's a message that we need to make sure we're bringing to this world. That there are people out there, how many times have you talked to someone about your faith, about God, and says, well, you know, uh, are you going to go to heaven when you die? Well, I hope so. Maybe. Well, you know, I've lived a pretty good life. Okay, well, God is reaffirming with us in this passage that one iniquity is all it takes for our righteousness to be violated. Our righteousness is canceled the moment we commit one iniquity. Now, how many of us have committed one iniquity? How many of us have committed one iniquity today? Okay, uh, yeah, we're, we're only up, some of us, maybe three or four hours, and we've probably already blown it, all right, because we're human beings. So you get the point. God here in this passage is saying, listen, judgment is coming, and if you can live righteously, you're all set. But he makes it very clear that none of us can live righteously. And the Apostle Paul reminded us of this when he talks about the law was never made for us to keep. Galatians, he talks very clearly, chapter 7, chapter 8, that, listen, when the law was established, I died because I realized, oops, there's no way I can keep this law. How, how many parts to the law is there? But we could just take the Ten Commandments and not make... Matter of fact, we could take, like, two of the Ten Commandments. Okay? Honor thy father and mother and not, not lie, bear false witness. Boom. Right there, we're, you know, just that one alone, we blow it. And we wind up finding ourselves in death when it comes to God's judgment. This is the message he's giving to Ezekiel. Now, he says just the opposite thing about a wicked man. He says if a wicked man understands God's truth, turns from his wickedness, and lives righteously, then he's all set. But the problem is, how many of us can turn from our wickedness and live righteously? None of us. Okay, so the judgment is coming. So, very familiar passage, but I'm setting us all up for this. I hope you feel like I'm, I'm throwing up a big softball because I can knock it out of the park. Um, I'm not doing this, but God does this in this passage. 
uh, for us. Guys, Romans, we know the Romans passages, but I want us to see how this message has not changed. Please remember, as we're going to the book of Romans, the difference in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, we had talked about biblical context. Back in the Old Testament, you could not have guaranteed forgiveness of sin. Okay, that is why God says, listen, if you could live righteously and not commit one sin, you're all set. But the moment you commit an iniquity, all of your righteousness is not remembered. Okay, God does something just the opposite since the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the amazing part, and this is where I get goosebumps, is instead of us committing one sin and God never remembering any of our righteousness, God says just the opposite. He says, I will forgive your sin, past, present, and future, never to be remembered again. When the Lord Jesus Christ gives us his forgiveness, one iniquity, ten iniquities, a thousand, a million iniquities are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. If you would, Romans chapter 3, and some of you don't have to turn there because you've memorized these verses. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. So remember what he says, if a righteous man could live in his righteousness, then he's all set at the judgment. But God confirms it and says if you commit one iniquity, it violates it. Romans chapter 3 verse 10 says, none righteous, no, not one. God knows, right? The wages of sin is death. Okay, But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, right? So, he says, to a wicked man, if you can turn from your wickedness and live righteously, then you're all set. But we know that in that commandment in the Old Testament, you still fit into the righteousness. So, ask a question. If I was a wicked man and I decided to get my life right with God and live in righteousness, okay, am I then capable of living righteously the entire time? No, so I still fit into a righteous man who still blows it. Okay, so this is the message that God had given to Israel. Israel had to live righteously. That's why we have an entire Old Testament full of laws. Not that God gave them so that we can keep them, because we can't. God gave us the entire law to remind us we can't keep it. So we've got a big problem. As humans, judgment is coming and unless you can live perfectly righteous, you'll die. The judgment is coming. But if you are a wicked man, and this is where that verse came in, it says, turn away, turn again, turn, return. That's the sermon title two weeks ago was repent. Turn away from the, the wickedness. Now, the awesome part about it is since we live in the new testament times the bible says if we confess with our mouth the lord jesus christ and believe in thy heart that god has raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved now here's one of my favorite verses in this time period second corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 for he hath made him to be sin for us, 
who knew no sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in him. We might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now catch that. This is where the difference between Old Testament and New Testament comes in. Until Jesus Christ died on the cross, this verse said, he made him, Jesus, to be sin for us. Well, Old Testament believers didn't have Jesus. Did they? Okay, let's just plug into the time frame. Jesus hadn't come. Jesus hadn't died. Jesus hadn't rose again. Jesus didn't conquer the grave. So in Ezekiel, the law is still in power. You have to keep the law or you're in trouble. Okay? You sin once and your sins, all the righteousness you had is erased. Here on the other side of the cross, God made Jesus to be sin for me that I might be made righteous instead. And we've said this before looking at this verse. It's like I hand Jesus all my sin and he hands me all his righteousness. So that when we apply this passage to us as a church, as a Christian, now if it says the righteous man can live in his righteousness, I'm a righteous man. Not because I'm righteous, because now I have Jesus' righteousness. So the iniquities that I might have had that cancels out my righteousness don't matter anymore because it's not my righteousness that I stand in. It's Christ's righteousness. And so this is the amazing effort. This is the amazing message that we have. I, and this is where sometimes Christians blow it, is we wind up going out there pretending we're something special in our righteousness. And again, please, you'll understand what I mean. There are a lot of Christians that's got their nose stuck up in the air because they think they're better than somebody else. Well, I don't care. Now, please, this, I'm tr- uh, let's circle back to Malachi. Remember, Malachi is the, the God's people saying, well, what do you mean we do that? Well, what do you mean I have, I have to repent? What do you mean I have to repent? I'm, I'm one of God's children. If we're not careful, that's exactly what the church can do. Well, I've been a member of Bethel Bible Church for 20 years. I'm a believer. I've asked Jesus to forgive my sins. I am not one of those wicked people. Uh, Last time I checked, I'm still a wicked. The only thing that makes me different is I've taken my sins and handed them over to Christ, and he's handed his righteousness back to me. Now, that's an important factor in remembering where we're talking about. Because the verse before this, and so, oh, I closed 2 Corinthians. Hang on, I'll be right back there. The verse right before it in 2 Corinthians, where it says, He has made him to be sin for us, that we may be the, made the righteousness of God in him. The verse directly before that, I'm getting there, says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. You want to go out into the world. We don't go out into the world, I hope we don't go out into the world, thinking, oh, they're so terrible and we're so good. We're all terrible. It's just our sins have been taken off of our account. I'm still a mess. You're still a mess. And if it wasn't for the fact that Jesus guaranteed us his righteousness, 
our righteousness would be nothing. So, here it comes. This is the part I don't want to talk about. I told you it's a heavy. It's heavy enough understanding that the world is heading for judgment. It's heavy enough to remember that the wicked, unless they find a cure for their sin, are going for eternal damnation. It's heavy enough for us to understand that we're just a bunch of wicked people too, and if it wasn't for Jesus Christ trading his righteousness for our sins, we would also be in trouble. Back to Ezekiel, and I read it quickly to try to just breeze past it because it's the real theme of this message. He says, if a watchman sees the enemy coming and warns the people and the people don't respond, then the blood's on their own head. If you're going, hey, watch out, the enemy's coming, eh, whatever. But did you notice the second part of this message? The second part of this commandment? Look if you would. Let's read from verse 4 again. And whoso heareth the sound of the trumpet taketh not warning. If the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. So God says, listen, if you, you've been warned and you don't do anything about it, that's your problem. Verse 5. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning, and his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. Verse 6. But... If the watchmen see the sword come and blow not the trumpet and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take the person away from among them and take any person from among them, excuse me, take, he taketh away in his iniquity, but his blood will be required at the watchman's God says, if you know the warning, if you know that the wicked are in trouble, if you know the people are headed for judgment, and you as a watchman don't sound the warning, then that when that person's judgment comes, the judgment falls upon your head. Now, here it says something, and I want to spell this out so we understand. It says, if you guys, you know, have a city and you pick a certain watchman to do the watching, that's fine. And God says, now, Ezekiel, I've made you a watchman to declare this message to the people. Well, in our New Testament time, in the church, who is the watchman who is supposed to declare this message to the world? What? It's the Great Commission is given to every believer. Now plug this in for a minute. Now I understand Old Testament versus New Testament. Okay, I want to make that clear. God here in the Old Testament saying, messenger, watchman, if you're not going out and telling the people about the coming judgment, then it's on your head. If you're telling them and they don't receive it, that's their own problem. They got to deal with it. But if you're not even going out there and telling them, that responsibility is on you. Now, please be careful, because all of a sudden we all go, <gasps> what do you mean, I'm going to be held guilty for that person's sin and their blood? No, because we just talked about all our sin in, a, in Christ has been forgiven. We are not guilty of anything, because I stand in Christ's righteousness. But the concept is there 
that there will be some accountability for us not delivering the message that we've been handed. Remember how Paul said several times, and I could look them all up, but you know, for time's sake, that I am a debtor to Christ. I owe him. I'm already in the red for delivering a message. I have a message that I have to deliver, is what the Apostle Paul tells us. And it's the same concept. And as much as I, don't, I know I don't deliver the message as much as I should either, it's a heavy, heavy thought to listen to what God is saying. Folks, if you're out there delivering the message and the people who are hearing it don't respond, that's their own problem. But if we're out there not delivering the message that we're supposed to be, I wonder. In Revelation chapter 21, just before God makes a brand new heaven and brand new earth, he says, and again, the church is raptured, the tribulation is over, God has delivered Israel, the lake of fire is in play, death and hell have been cast into the lake of fire, and before God makes a brand new heaven and a brand new earth, right at that point, it says, and God shall wipe all tears away from their eyes. Now, sometimes we get this misconception that the moment we get to heaven, there's going to be no more tears. Okay, we'll be in our perfect bodies. We won't have glasses and a bad back and, you know, diabetes and, and failing hearing and all these other things that we have. Thank the Lord. But there will be one point in which God says, there's some things you guys need to know, and there will be tears and we are not judged for our sin when we get to heaven, and that's very clear in God's word. Okay? God says, buried in the depths of the sea, as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. I hold God at his word. But I guarantee you that God will look at us and wonder if we were delivering the message that we ought to be delivering. That we are about to see people depart into eternal damnation forever god will make his final judgment before he makes a new heaven and new earth and i think we will be reminded about the fact that we didn't reach the people that god gave us opportunity to reach this is a heavy duty sermon uh this was we didn't need to put this on the repent sermon from two weeks ago this has got enough on it guys you and i are watchmen we have a message a warning judgment is coming if you are in sin you will die the wages of sin is death but if you are in righteousness you'll live the gift of god okay is the righteousness god through jesus christ takes our sin and exchanges it with his righteousness now, if you go out there and tell that message and somebody doesn't want to hear it, they bear their own problem. But there's, a, there's an interesting concept. Now, ask me exactly that, that I know exactly what God's going to do in the future when we all stand before in heaven. I won't tell you because I'm not that stupid. I don't know how God's judgment's going to be. But I know that he has left us with a precious, precious message. And this passage of scripture is exactly the confirmation in the Old Testament of all of the New Testament in Jesus Christ. Jesus came as our deliverer. He's the cure for sin. He could fix people in a minute. 
He wants them. Now, did you catch this? I love this. This is the most amazing part. I want to end with this because I don't want to end with this big downer, right? We all just took on this giant burden. Oh my goodness, we've got to go tell this message or we're going to be in trouble. We're accountable. I'm not sure exactly how God's going to handle that, but delivering his message is an important thing. But notice, if you would, in um, verse... Where is it, Craig? I completely lost it. Oh, verse 11. Verse 11. This is where I want to end. Say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Second piece. But he that... Uh, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? Understand something, and we've said this before many times, confirmation of the New Testament, God says he is not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. Have you ever been telling somebody this message, or somebody says, I don't know if I can believe in a God, what God would send people to hell? Did you hear what God just said? He says, I have no pleasure in the wicked dying. God doesn't want anybody to die in their sin. He says, I got no pleasure in this. It doesn't make me happy. Turn away from that. Come back to Jesus. That's the amazing part. God is not up there with a giant hammer or a lightning bolt ready to zap everybody. God puts out the offer. He wants everyone. He's not willing that any should perish. He wants everybody to get Jesus' righteousness and have their sins forgiven. He says, I don't have any pleasure of sending anybody to hell. God says, oh, the, the message is for everyone. So we get this heavy of, oh, we have this terrible message. We don't have to go out there going, you're doomed to hell. We get to go out there and say, God loves you. He wants you to be one of his own. Receive the forgiveness. So even though this is a wicked, heavy message about, boy, your iniquity, you're in trouble, God says, I don't want anyone to die in their wickedness. I want everybody to turn. Please come to me. That's what he's asking. Go ahead, Joyce. So just keep that, in, and, and again, <laughs> I like what Joyce just pointed out. Be sensitive to God's Holy Spirit. Sometimes one of the biggest problems in old-time evangelism classes, you know, you were trained, 
knock on the door. When he, the person comes to the door, Hi, I'm visiting from Bethel Bible Church, and I have one question for you. If you died today, would you go to heaven? Okay, that was the routine, right? That was the, you know, and sometimes that's worked, but a lot of times it doesn't work. You cannot cookie cutter. God is interested in people in their real life, in their relationships. It's not a sales pitch. And so you have to be sensitive. You can go and push somebody away like that. Or there's a friend of mine who used to do door knocking. And he was a little bold. Uh, a, a lot bold. He knocked on the door and the guy opened the door. I don't want anything to do with you Christians. Rah, 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 slams the door. And, and he's, he just had this urge in his mind. He said, I know the kind of guy that this guy is. He walked around his backyard, knocked on the back door. Same guy answered. And at this point, the guy inside the house's jaw is just dropping open. And he goes, hey, um, I don't know if you realize, but there's a guy that lives here. I just met him at the front door, and he's wicked rude. And, and the guy just started laughing, invited him in, and he got saved. It's just because he was so used to having Jehovah's Witnesses or other people knock at the door that that was just his response. I don't want anything you have to do with. And the guy going around to his back door just knocked him off his he realized this isn't just a sales pitch. I, now, I wouldn't recommend doing that, especially if the house says something like this house is protected by Smith & Wesson. But we need, the message is so important that we need to be sensitive. It's not just something you go out there with a, a, just a rote, memorized thing and give it. Be sensitive to God's Holy Spirit. There are sometimes you've got to be bold. There are other times you need to reach out and just say, listen, a message of eternal damnation is maybe not what they need to hear. A message, just what we read, where it says God has no pleasure in sending the wicked to judgment. He doesn't. God wants everyone to believe. God wants everyone to trust him and be put back in a relationship. And for years we, we preached the damnation message, which there's time for those. Sinners in the hand of an angry God. There's times for those sermons. But there's also times for the sermons that, you know what? God loves you and he wants you. It's not only about the fact that you're a vile sinner. It's the fact that there's a loving God who is reaching out with all of his effort to the point where he died for us. He, he, he yeah, amen. Yeah. Yeah. Please keep in mind, and as a person who gets invited to do funerals quite often, and I'll be doing one Tuesday, keep it in prayer, people I do not know, never met them, um, it only takes a moment to get right with God. Um, there are people who can be on their deathbed and realize their need for salvation. Case in point, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. The sinner next to Jesus on the cross made that quick decision right there, and Jesus said, you believed today, 
So right on death's door, on the cross, he's dying and made a salvation-worthy decision. And Jesus said, you did it, buddy. Today, you'll be with me. So we could spend so many years, and all the way up to the person's death, you don't know if they made a decision for Christ. But you don't know when all of a sudden the realization that their life is about to end, what goes through their mind. And there can be a last-minute salvation decision so never underestimate the fact that you shared the message with that person because they can all you know i i can tell you i've never been laying in bed at death's door wondering so i can't tell you what that experience is like but when you realize you were about to pass into eternity and all those big boisterous prideful things you said about how awesome your life is and where you stand all get washed away because you realize it's about to be over you start thinking serious thoughts. So just keep that in mind. You may have spent your entire life witnessing to a person and they don't make a positive decision for you at that moment that they share with you, but that doesn't mean that God's still not working in their heart, and we need to trust that. So, you know, we could say, well, that person died and went to hell. You never really know because God is the only person who can truly judge. Amen? And I'm thankful for that. Because I don't want to be the judge. I don't need that responsibility. So the points for this morning is, number one, we're a mess. The passage we read, Ezekiel says, if you can live righteously, but you sin once, your righteousness is never remembered. But in Ezekiel, it also said, if you're a wicked and you return, that God can deal with that and God can make you righteous. And we know that he, Jesus, exchanges our sin for his righteousness. But then the heavy is, if you're a watchman, if you're somebody who has the message and share it with somebody and they don't listen, that's their problem. But if you have the message and you're not sharing it with somebody, God is going to have something to say about that. I don't know what that is. I'm not going to pretend I'm God. But he says, listen, watchman, if you tell the message and they don't listen, their iniquities on their head. But if you're a watchman and you don't deliver the warning, then you have bear some responsibility. So it reminds us we need to go out there and share the message. Paul said, I'm a debtor to Christ. I have to go out and share. I am behind the eight ball. I owe it to him to go out and share the message. So um, there we go. Please, uh, we have a serious message to deliver. It's not just something that we can casually say, eh, well, you know, Jesus saved me and whatever. We're debtor. We owe God the opportunity to share the truth with others. And like I said, there's a point in which in eternity future, just before God makes it all new, God says, I wipe all tears away from their eyes. There's going to be a realization at some point in heaven that those who never heard Christ as Savior are entering the lake of fire for the rest of eternity. And that will be something serious to consider. So take the opportunities when we have it. Okay, so